0: Something went on here, something went on there. This time on
1: TNT. Our kids are botting musicians' bods, and it's the best. I talk about the opportunity that I had last fall. And what the clam is going on with Bill Murray. That's all coming up right now on TNT. Yellow. Yellow. Yellow.
0: Do you want to start with a little fun here? You, you had a great idea. We'll just roll into it. Yeah, let's do it.
1: I was watching uh, House Hunters International last night, and I was thinking about the voiceover person who's by themselves in a tiny room somewhere, Yeah, and all they have to do is read like the people's names and what they're looking for in a weird city. House Hunters International is a weird one because sometimes they want to show you places that people are going to rent, so their budget is like... $1,300 a
0: month yeah. in big European cities. It's the same as that, like, the lottery show, that I won the lottery show. Like, there's one in Britain, and it's like, I won 50,000 pounds.
1: I know. I think, I know what the pitch was for my big, fat dream lottery home. But more often than not, the people are like, uh, my budget is 280. Yeah. 280. And then this called like millionaires. Yeah. You know? And they're looking at, at a three bedroom house outside a rally. Like, I, I which by the way, no it's shame in a $280,000 no, house outside a rally, but it's sort of, you have certain expectations when you hear like my millionaire lottery dream home. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. This Toronto couple won, won $270,000. So we're going up. Just past Aurelia. Yeah,
1: they gave half of it to to their kids, and they're (laughs) going to spend the other
0: half on their dream home. At a budget of $420,000. We're in Shelburne, Ontario.
1: And yet, (laughs) it might be a gong show to
0: win that much money. It is. Yeah, absolutely. But the show's called The Millionaire, whatever. Like Lottery Dream home. Yeah, so don't <laughs> so don't call it so that. Like, they and they have like the in the ads that like the guy, you know, like 5 million dollars I won the Powerball for the 30 million bucks or something. Anyway, well, let's, I saw let's some have some, fun here. some
1: folks on uh, uh, Prince Edward Island just want 8.7 million dollars and <laughs> yeah. all they want is to buy a, a house with a ramp. They there just want go. to be able to have a wheelchair ramp. And I think if you're generally speaking, if your needs are minimal, you're probably happiest. Yeah, we've seen for sure. people with uh, big dough who uh, have like big headaches. I know. I know everyone thinks like, yeah, well, I'd love to have those kind of problems, but I do think it would be complicated. For sure. Here's the well, only here's the only thing I, I, I like about the idea of having some money. It's not for things.
0: It's for the freedom
1: yeah. to say no to things you don't want to do.
0: Well, the other thing is house prices are so high now in Canada that it's like you kinda have to be a billionaire to buy a house that's like those same sizes of the millionaire homes even fifteen years ago. Right. Like I, I read a stat that the average home price in uh, L.A. is $900,000, and to equate that in Canada, you have to go to Aurelia, where the average price is 900000 So it's just, to be looking at million-dollar homes in Toronto, they're just like little three-bedroom places with the, well, that's you know, the, the need thing. to fix. fixed.
1: I remember talking to a guy a few years ago who retired early, I think he was 50, and he had a million bucks in the bank, maybe a little more. And he realized in the first kind of 18 months, that wasn't going to be enough, yeah as, as bananas as it sounds, and it's not that his uh, his lifestyle was uh, outlandish or no. um, luxurious. just life is expensive. I've noticed, even at the grocery store, yeah and for me to notice that groceries are
0: expensive, y-
1: you know, they know. must be.
0: Meat is bananas, I know. Like thirty bucks for for seven chicken breasts. Yeah, wait, where are you getting them for that? I don't know. I'm just saying, like it's the big box of meat and steaks, and it's like thirty bucks, forty bucks.
1: Where do you fellas get your meat at?
0: Costco. Costco meat or uh, the metro is not too bad here. Yeah, there's a few spots. There's the there's that farm boy. Have you seen them? The new.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've i I've definitely seen
0: them. They're uh they have some decent stuff. kinda of, that's kinda of like uh Trader Joe's vibes. Right, but aren't isn't
1: uh, Farm Boy, aren't they in um uh like the Sobies and stuff now?
0: No, they're just their in own independent grocery stores. Oh really? Now. Yeah, there's the one in just opened up here in New Market a few months back. Huh. It's a good one. It's not bad. Huh. But yeah, you're going. It doesn't matter if you go to Sobeys, no frills, superstore, or whatever it is. You're still spending big dollars to get groceries these days. Yes, it's bananas. All right, so let's play this game. Let's well, do now it now, really. now it
1: feels silly. No, let's do a couple. Oh, well, we're talking about I'll the be- price of meat. Now suddenly we're doing a voiceover thing. I just always like to imagine like the. Uh, um, you know, the love it or list it, why they have this third yeah. voiceover person. It's just such a weird gig. I had a voice agent in Toronto and mm-hmm. probably did, I don't know, 300 auditions
0: and didn't book a single one. Yeah, me too. I did the same thing. Really? <laughs> yeah, I had a great agent. Like, I was getting five, six auditions a week, driving all over the place, never got anything. For so voice I was like, auditions. Get this. Yeah, I was like, fuck, this is not working, man. Well, I can't. You- just keep driving across the city to, to talk for 3 minutes and then not hear anything. You but, do have a great voice. That they, they you do you, you you I could see you crushing that, but that the uh the guy that that uh was booking at the agent, he literally said like this, you have to understand, this is one of those things that like you m- mostly don't get anything. And the hope is to you know land one company that likes your voice and wants to be specific like say uh what's his face hugh dylan, hugh he's dylan. Had, i don't know if it was nissan or some car deal where no he was it's Chev like, yeah he's getting like you know a retainer of like 150 grand a year just to be that guide a couple ads here and there
1: I know, and the only uh, uh, thing they ask is that he doesn't do any other voiceover gigs. Like, yeah, okay, no problem.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I don't have to drive all over town
1: every day. Forget it. Donald Sutherland used to get a brand new Volvo every New Year's Day because he was the voice of Volvo, and then Kiefer was the voice of something else, another car thing. Kiefer might have been like Chevy in the states.
0: Yeah, that's the other one. That when the 100 grand turns into 1.5 million. Yeah. Well,
1: remember, it was Bob Seeger, like, right? Like a rock. Like yeah. a rock. The all new Chevy
0: thing. Yeah. All new Chevy thing. I always thought. Um, There's always the country guy talking and they're yeah. driving on a mountainside. Don't, don't matter if you're going to church or stopping in at but your in laws. Then, then you see it driving around, the huge trucks. Yeah. downtown.
1: From the job Park. site to church. From your Try in-laws be- to your best gal's porch. Chevy. Going to your
0: condo. The condo basement parking and big huge. Truck. Yeah.
1: <laughs> when they sell, yeah, yeah, sell the lifestyle of a pickup truck in the city. Yeah, you, you can squash her in there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> get her in there. Man, all these, these truck, trucks with a truck lift. Nuts.
1: We have a truck with a lift, and trying to like, it's um uh a uh, panic inducing trying to figure out if we can fit under places because sometimes you feel
0: the brush of the you're too high oh, yeah. bar
1: and go it's on like the radio thing once
0: you're once you're scraping it's like there's no like what do you do yeah you're stuck um you're stuck
1: anyway, when i went to stuck. um uh, uh, Carol's folks flew down to Phoenix and we were coming from California to pick them up and we had the bus and we were towing the truck behind and we had to do figure eights around the Phoenix airport, all 50 feet of us, um, trying to like coordinate <laughs> where they were standing and like trying to pull over and they hop in kind of thing.
0: Um, uh, or like, that's like getting picked up by the tour bus at the airport and yeah, just keep doing loops.
1: So is that, that's what they do too? Loop skis? Yeah, just...
0: Just loop skis.
1: Um. Well, that's what we were doing—figure eights and loop skis. But one of the lanes that I pulled in, uh, the bus is a certain height, and then there are air conditioning units on top of it that take it over the top. So I hit—I've uh, hit a couple of things. I hit um, hit us like one of those low hanging—you can't be higher than this—bars at at the Phoenix Airport. Oh, yeah. But one time we were pulling out of a like Hampton Inn and Suites, and I went through the roundabout where you. Like, pull in to check in. And Mm -hmm. if we're driving in, like, a colder climate, we don't stay on the bus. We go stay in a hotel. Um, And there's one air conditioning unit at the front and one at the back. And the one at the front hit the dangling chandelier in the roundabout. And I was like, man, I can't back up because I have a car on the back, but it doesn't matter. There's one on the front and one on the back, and I'm going to have to hit it again anyway. And so I I tried to go around her, but I, I, I whacked it. And the whole chandelier went gork and smashed in the um, in the entryway outside. But the roundabout, and I went and I was like, "Uh, "I'm happy to happy to pay for that." Um, Here's my number. Sorry about that. And she's like, "Ah, these things happen. I'll let you know if I can't. Just kind of sneak it through." So she snuck it through. She ordered a new one. I was off the
0: hook. Shane, how much you think that would have cost?
1: I don't know cuz it Three wasn't grand? glass. It was oh, like okay. one of those uh um like big well it shattered though when it fell. Yeah. But it was probably falling from uh well I can tell you it was falling from 13 feet cuz I'm 13 feet Oof. up to the uh, air conditioning unit. Was it like
0: <laughs> like crystal looking styles
1: like Yeah, 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 crystal fancy looking chandelier. Math. But it was like yeah, a like, like a-, a big frisbee, like the big round deal yeah, that's yeah. kind of hanging down by a couple of clips so it swung yeah. before it shattered yikes there are many times i felt like oh my gosh i'm i'm a yeah. dolt and that was one for sure um another one we thought on the way down on our trip we would do the uh, fish kill sneak and go around new york city so we didn't have to drive through it yeah but if you just plug in, like, the Fishkill Sneak and the GPS, it just tells you where to go, and you go there. It doesn't know that you're driving something over 13 feet high. Mm-hmm. So we took this secondary highway in Massachusetts, and suddenly people were going, meep, 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 <laughs> like, pointing up ahead. And we yeah. had to ditch at the last minute into this tiny country lane because the bridge ahead was 12 feet high oh, at man. the overpass. I would have, like... We would have tin-canned it right in there. and You imagine how long it would take to just undo that horror show?
0: No, that's like you're talking severe issues all around. Yeah. And then traffic, and then you're that guy. Yes. What the hell did you do that for, man? Yeah, I didn't want to be that guy. I got a slow pitch game. You're going to miss my slow pitch game, you jerk. Yeah, did not want to be that guy.
1: Anyway, what's going with do you,
0: I'm uh, I'm good. So you want to just skip the uh, voiceover guy?
1: Well, I don't know. I I just it was making me laugh last night, <laughs> late yeah. watching House Hunters International when the voiceover person is going. This is Travis. <laughs> He's a digital content creator. This is Stacy. She's a stay-at-home dog mom. They're looking for a walk-up outside of Stuttgart, and their budget yeah. is nine hundred dollars a month. But maybe that's all the comedy there is to be mined in
0: that. Maybe, yeah. the the uh, The thing about those isn't that one. That's like that's the fake one, right? Like it's like just people are going and and they pretending to buy a house.
1: Well, this is what I heard. Anytime there's like a, um, they look at
0: three things. They've already bought yeah. one. That's right. Yeah. Or they. Or they. Yeah. They were already buying a home, and they're like, hey, let's get on this show.
1: Yeah, and that's that's, that's um the, the whole, like, oh, uh, man, I don't really like the carpet. That's all schmacting.
0: Yeah, so they look at one that's crappier than their house and then one that's nicer than the house, and then they just, you know, oh, we like the, the middle one.
1: But I did always wonder how they don't never get the house that they decide on, right? Especially yeah. in this competitive market. They're like, you know what, we're going to go with the second one. And then there's the
0: three months later, like, yeah. We- yeah, you can't even do that anymore. Like, we'll look at houses and pick one that you like. I know. Yeah, you just go get into anything new, and then, and then it's a bidding war of you and 20 other people. I actually know people
1: that um, as soon as a condo development is uh, announced, they buy one in the pre-sales with no intention of ever living there and then sell it by the time the building's ready.
0: Those are the people that are ruining the housing market.
1: Yeah, they just park money there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because they know it's a it's a it's a better investment than leaving it in the bank. If they can just buy a place, put a hundred grand down on it, and then uh, have a a mortgage for six months, and then sell it for fifty grand more than they bought it. Really, really frustrating. Like we're lucky. It is.
1: I mean, you you've been through it, but Ugh, we're lucky that we've we have houses that we like. And uh, we're settled, but it um, th- must be a
0: source of real panic and frustration and terror for people that are looking. Well, I, I, I was in 12 bidding wars that we lost, and I was like at that point where it's like this is just not, this is so not fun at all. Yeah. We almost just said forget it and rent, rented for a year, which would have been a really bad idea because everything's gone up even more. You do you know? think your house has gone up since you moved in? It definitely has. There's houses here that are that are, that are selling for 3 to 500,000 more and it's Whoa. we just moved here in August. And you put some work into it. Yeah, it's crazy. It really is. I, and uh I I do notice just right now that uh there's more uh inventory. Like there's probably six places uh, for sale in my neighborhood, and when I was looking, there was always just two, and they would sell right away. So the dip, there has been a bit of a difference. Apparently, I guess the the stoppage of international buyers. If you don't, you know, if you're from another country, you can't just buy houses here just to to uh, invest.
1: Hey, is that yeah. new?
0: Yeah, they just implemented that. They that, passed that a has thing? Made a difference yeah, like a stoppage on it. So if you're from Brazil or China or something, you, you just you don't you can't just buy everything up, which makes sense. So things have kind of not leveled off, but at least there's some if you want to look for houses, you can look for houses as opposed to like, well, this one's in a bidding war on Thursday and you have to fire it up. Man. Yeah.
1: I did but, a couple yeah, of flips, still, as you know. It's a mess. Super stressful. And also, more so, just kind of felt ultimately hearing more and more about people that were uh, looking for places and not able to get them. I was like, man, that's not super cool.
0: Well, and then just the cost of building itself going through the roof. Yeah. It's bananas. Um but but
1: also, yeah, we we hope to salvage an original place and kind of bring it back. And it turns out it was unsalvageable. So it just became more than any of us
0: intended. Yeah, the flip, skis, the flip skis might be the most stressful uh, way to go as a gig. Scary chafing. Because you're, 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 yeah, because you're having these moments of like, oh, my God, this is going to ruin my life right now if this doesn't work. Well, especially because like suddenly a two by four is sixteen bucks. Yeah. Oh, we just have to put another thirty grand in this room and this floor. When you didn't realize, you thought you'd maybe have to spend five. Okay. Next thing you know, you're. you're I really sweating it up. Sweats. I, re- I recognize this is a, a a good problem to have, but
1: in I have a a three unit building, and in the basement there is an apartment, and um. Uh. I need a tub surround. You know what I mean? Where they put yeah. in a thing that's just a, like a one-piece thing that like, makes it all fresh and new and tight. It's $4,000. Yeah. $4,
0: there you go. Is that just the price <laughs> of things now? Or is this guy trying yeah, to man. hose me? <laughs> well, remember I was telling you, like, when we were doing the, all the stuff, like, it was always 3500 bucks, no matter what. Oh, like, you want to put in some some uh, cabinets here? That'll be thirty five. dollars Oh, you want to fix this bathroom? That'll be $3,500. Everything. I wonder if that's the
1: sneaky amount that people are like, well, it's within reach, but it's not crazy. It's like uh, with COVID restrictions when they tile. said, we're going to do this for the next two weeks. Because if they said to people, we're going to do this for the
0: next seven months, people would be like, no way. Yeah. And then you have the other one where it's sneaky, where it's like, oh, it's just 500 a day for me and my crew. And next thing you know, it's like, it takes them seven, seven weeks. <laughs> yeah. You don't, but again. It cuts for thirty-five hundred bucks. You don't have any maps in your uh,
1: home now, do you? Maps like work or maps? Oh no, no, no,
0: no, no. There's there's no work being. We were on a. We were stopped that like uh, a couple months ago. There's a couple things that need to be done, but nothing like. The only thing that bums me out is there's there's not a, you know. A decent living room space it's kind of like a, there, there's smaller rooms hmm. so the the dream would be to to open up the basement and then have a big living room down there where everybody can gather and watch movies right now it's kind of they're small to the point where everybody can't go and watch them oh a wow. TV show together you know so it's kind of uh, you know lisa's mom's here too so it's just there's six people so you need a little more, you know. That would be the next move, if possible. But the basement—that's another. You know, that's a—you got to frame it and put a bathroom in. So what is it now? Just open? Yeah, it's just—it's uh, open. Why don't it's you fire a, big, a huge huge couple beanbag bag
1: couches down there? Big flat screen on the wall. Away you go.
0: Yeah, just—you could, but it's just you know, it's like got the concrete floors and the exposed pipes. All right, it's cold. And, You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> So you yeah.
1: you want those like row of leather recliners to watch movies in, like proper no, stadium seating?
0: No, it doesn't have to be that. Just like couches where you can sit. Like in our old house, we had enough space to just have a long couch, like love a, big, a long, long couch. Whatever. Yeah, for sure. Right now we just have like long couches in the basement, but it's just there. It's like storage looking. Again, mm-hmm. no big deal. Not a big sweat. No, these are choices, not problems. Yes. Yeah. It's, I mean, I can't imagine how difficult it is for most people across the board, unless you're one of those people who's making money during the pandemic. Yeah. Because most people aren't, and it's difficult to find anything. So it is what it is.
1: is what it is, bud.
0: Yeah. So you've been drumming up a storm? Been drumming up a storm. I guess by now I could probably tell the like the story of what happened last year, when uh, definitely, uh, I, heck yeah, yeah, it's been l- enough time and uh, it, I, it was. I think when we first moved in here, I uh, I, I heard that the Offspring drummer got fired because he wasn't vaccinated. So I called Bob Rock and Mick, his son, and and uh, just to, to kind of throw it out there hey man I would love to do that gig and Bob was like wow that that would that sounds awesome you actually probably would be perfect they're great guys and you know they're family oriented dudes they don't tour a, a ton <clears throat> and uh, so he basically said well um, if you can play this song it's like there's probably a good chance you could do it so I recorded myself playing this really quick song and and he said all right well you know, you can come in December when the guys are here in studio they, uh, and audition. They have Josh Freeze for the interim, like for the fall, because he was playing with Sting and had a million other gigs, as he does. He's a great drummer. And uh, so that was the idea. I was going to go down there in in December and audition. But uh, it turns out Josh loved the gig and... and uh, you know, they obviously probably really wanted to have him because he's from California as well. So um, obviously that would be their first choice, and he decided to, to, to stay. So I never got to audition, but I did work on their songs for three months. <laughs> you What's know, like, the name really... of the, um, the super fasty? Uh, there was a song, Hassan Chop, on their yeah. last record.
1: That's and, like boot little,
0: little, little, Well, there's there tricky ones. Like there's a song called The Opioid Diaries. It's really tricky. And there's just like a lot of weird bits in the middle section. There's like a kind of a, bro- a half time stuff, like classic bob rock, crazy drum stuff. So, yeah, I just spent a lot of time working on those. Obviously, they're hits, but also the the complex, fast ones. And that uh, was a great experience to kind of learn that stuff and get into that mode. but uh, whatever, it didn't happen. But uh, it kind of got me more centered on getting back into it. So I'm on the lookout bots. Um something 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 will come up. Th-
1: this is what I find really interesting. Your dad was a drummer, and then there was one New Year's Eve. He didn't have a gig freaked
0: out that was it he never drummed again he destroyed his drum set were you home yeah well I was four years old it was 1979 do you have any recollection of it I I can just remember the noise like the smashing and crashing I was so young but I remember like what the hell's going on And and the fear I guess because everybody was like what's you know that's must be awful like that that was his you know his job and what he did and he was like I'm not doing this anymore, and not only am I, uh, you know, just going to stop, I'm going to destroy everything so I can't just jump back into it. So it was very traumatic.
1: And he never, ever drummed again. He drummed a bit, like did some tablet drumming with you guys in yeah, the
0: band. Never never played kit drums again. So and, uh, when yeah, you... Yeah, that's terrible. It was really uh, awful to, to think about because, you know, that was... Uh, his 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 dream, I guess, and he had been doing it at that point for about fifteen years.
1: Would there have been a time early on after you left the band that you were like, "I'm never doing that again"?
0: No, never. You I never was, felt never that. Like that. No, no, no. That was more like, um, I, like a job where you're like, "I don't want to work here anymore." That that's just that job. You know what I mean? So I was open to different things, obviously. Didn't want to play in an OLP anymore, but I was, you know, gonna. I did take a break with the kids and get a little more uh, close with them just to be there in, in a sense. And so I guess it was like a semi break, but.
1: Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't drumming itself. You didn't ever no, e- never, ever fall no out right. of love with drumming. Uh-uh. No, No, not a chance. So then what so, <clears> came first? you like uh, returning to play more or this opportunity and that spurred you
0: to play more? Yeah, because it was getting more to the point where I, was, I wasn't playing as much. So I was just kind of, it was kind of starting to feel like a hobby in a sense, you know, when you're not, when it doesn't, it's not your job. Yeah. It's pretty and you have friends that kind of do stuff on the side that's what it started to feel like so um i kind of needed the mindset to to take that back and and just kind of realize that this is what i do first and what i love to do and everything else is a side gig you know so yeah it's uh it's kind of a mindset when you decide that this is it again and it feels like Um, this is what I do.
1: But that is like that style of drumming is maybe not, uh, what you would choose or, or your kind of default. So how, how do you approach learning an entirely different kind of music?
0: Yeah. And that's kind of, it was like punk drumming was the only drumming that I never, uh, got into because I didn't listen to that kind of music that much, you know, other than the Ramones or whatever. And that, that even the Ramones, it was not that fast, like the really quick, you know, up tempo stuff. So, I mean, unless you're, you grow up loving that it's really hard to learn because, uh, it's it you have to love it and play it like for example tim oxford when he was a kid he liked that kind of music so he went on like a punk rock drumming thing where he it's natural for him so after about you know three or four weeks i started to get the tempo feeling well and all the kind of different kick patterns that you hear and that stuff so it, it it uh it was a learning curve but at the same time it's like it reminded me of if I ever was trying to learn a different style of drumming, like a jazz parts or Afro-Cuban grooves or Brazilian beats or reggae or whatever, you know, like different feels and styles. You have to really kind of work on it and, and uh, hone it to get it feeling good. So it, it was cool to, to go through that. You know, I still play those songs. Uh, as more of a workout because it's so it's like you're sweating right away you know and then can you
1: once you get the tempo down can you put some stank on it and make it your own
0: yeah for sure yeah definitely 100% there's like a lot of little cheats and stuff that's in punk rock where you like lead with your left hand instead of your right being right handed weird on fills or like uh, not play a beat so you could get you know an accent with your with your hand or whatever left hand so you, you you actually will only play half the beats with your right hand that you normally would like a kind of cheats that I learned wow. through talking to other drummers like oh no you don't have to do that you can lay off on the right hand so then you can get the left hand and hit those accents instead of trying to double up on stuff with your right hand crazy like, man I'll, how's it how can you guys do this stuff and i'm like oh because i'm adding an extra beat trying to do it with my right hand so i'm like playing 30 second notes with my hand for a second which is really difficult to to, and i was like man these guys are how do they do that and i was like oh man like a light bulb goes turns out they don't yeah exactly (laughs) like you're working too hard man Totally. Definitely. Like le- leading with your right hand, you're adding like a 32nd note to the front because you're already playing the, the previous beat with your right hand. So you just have to double up on it. It's like, no, get out of that space, man. Mm-hmm. That'll, that'll burn you out. <laughs>
1: Indy and Suge have been uh, playing in the music room. And like, like a lot of I guess like a lot of people, um, if I say, Do you guys want to go play some music, or you guys should practice? It's not as fun, but when they kind of just gravitate towards going down there, and you can hear some noise coming out of there, it's the best. So they've pulled together a pretty good version of "Smooth Criminal," and (laughs) Indy's playing drums. No way, right on. When I've said like, do you uh, do you want to take some lessons or something? She doesn't. She just wants to, uh, you know, do the thing that probably draws most people to music which is kind of bang around and figure it out and get better and practice and um, do it by ear um, but it's it's the most joyous sound and Suge had a rock band concert this week um, they played uh, You Can Count On Me by Bruno Mars um, the teacher pulled they were going to do We Didn't Start the Fire but the teacher pulled it 15 minutes before the show because I think the uh, the lyrics maybe weren't there um that's a lot of lyrics for anyone but especially references that you aren't from your lifetime totally Uh, um but i'm gonna tell you i i did not expect uh the reaction i had seeing her up there uh playing guitar and keeping good time like my eyes just instantly brimmed with tears like wow that's a thing that i do
0: and here it is now a thing that she does like that is cool so cool the other thing, Annalise, she just came up and was like, oh, "Dad, I want to learn drums." I was That's like, great. right on! Let's get down there." So last week, she started taking drum lessons from you, and uh, yeah, so she's uh, you're Earl Woods two- your kid at drums. She plays, she plays two different beats, and now she's learned how to like open up the hats, you know, like the pea soup, the but, but, you know, like she's getting those things going. Like we're working on. You know, little steps to figure out your way around it. So and now uh, she the, really digs it.
1: what are the beats?
0: Well, the first one would be, like, just a straight, like, <laughs> you know, like, with just the single where your bass drum is on the, on the one and the snare is on the three. One, two, three, four. One, two three, four. Yeah. And then adding another kick drum so... One two, three, four. one two three four. So the kicks on the one and the two and then, you know, lifting the high hats. So it's like one, two, three. When it's a cut, you, you learn when you're doing the upbeat of the three to open up the hat to, to bring it back on the one. You learn uh, another thing unlocks in your head. And I gave her some rudiments like paradiddles and single stroke rolls and double strokes as you know so just the so she can practice on a pad too yeah just the things that i i learned so you know, she getting start. it she does yeah she's getting it she likes it she's uh she's she's into it she's um it's like the classic kid thing where it's like dad I, i'm starting to understand one day I'll be able to play this I'm like well don't get ahead of yourself but just you know enjoy what you're doing and keep it fun and and uh yeah it's pretty cool to see and it's like uh um there's no pressure whatsoever obviously so that's a good thing it's not it's not like King Richard or nothing. You know? Right. I'm not going to be going nuts.
1: But I remember this from my life.
0: Like, Indy
1: is learning at piano this year. She's learning we don't talk about Bruno. And as soon as that gear is unlocked, like, wait, I can learn to play music that I hear on the radio? Then you're off to the races. It's yeah. all the fundamental stuff that's not really fun that's hard to get yeah. through. But once well, you can Anna- marry those two things, it's awesome.
0: Anna and John play piano so they have that kind of understanding that's there too, it helps that, because they're learning in, like interesting rhythm stuff all the time with their hands and it's tricky and they sight read everything so this is kind of the complete opposite where it's tricky but they're, it's not on paper it's in your head right. so it's, this will help on I guess, uh, uncover that improv part that's not there yet with the piano because you're sight reading everything and they really you take the page away and it's, they can't do it, you know?
1: I remember uh, when I was... They
0: can, but yeah.
1: When I was 12 Sorry. or 13 and, and learning to golf, the um, guy at Stanhope uh, Golf and Country Club and PEI said, it doesn't yeah. matter if it goes seven yards, as long as it goes straight and you're hitting the ball properly, the distance will come. And mm-hmm. and I, I kind of feel that's the same about drums, right? As long as you can keep simple, clean time, then you can add the garnish and the fills and the fancy.
0: Just work on keeping it locked. For sure. Well, I, I always taught like uh, fills and those things that lead up parts are part of the beat. So those fills, you, have the fill, you should be able to play the fill in time. For a long period of time. So whether you loop the fill, so it actually becomes like dagga do digga dagga duga dagga digga becomes the po the, the time. So it's like dagga doom do-digga-dag-duga-de-gadga-de-g-doom-doom-digga- doom digga dag digga dag fill has to be grooving too. So those kind of if you teach uh ever you know, you're just trying to do as met you know, build your vocabulary by you know, doing things that are difficult or things that you're not used to to the point where you just have this huge uh abundance to pick from and it just becomes natural. Yeah, but right. at the end of the at the end of the day you're you're just grooving the whole time. Hey. So the fill is part of it. Exactly. Yeah. Doomchuk. Maybe we should Doom. take a little break here at uh thirty six minutes. Boots and cats, bud. Boots and cats. Yeah buds. Yellow
1: 1990 jams in honor of episode 290. We're 10 away. The countdown's
0: on to 300. 300. Who'd have thought we'd make it to 300? Who would have? But we're cruising without any bruising. Yeah. How about this 1990 classic? It's got the big crowd intro. What? What?
1: We didn't start the fire. Yeah, we Beba. we're just talking about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crazy, the crazy uh, percussion. ta dung ta in the back. Someone's playing like wood
1: blocks. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> wow,
1: is this sober Billy Joel? I think so. (laughs) Where do you stand on We Don't Start the
0: Fire? As a jam? Yeah. It's all right. Like, I wouldn't buy it and, like, put it on at home. But But if it's on the radio, you wouldn't change the channel? Maybe I might not change the channel if, like, just if there's nothing else on or, like, uh, to bring me back to that 1990s, you know, like, as as a memory, like, looking at old photographs. I don't know. So, yeah, other than that, I mean, I wouldn't, like, say, hey, let's put this on. I can, uh,
1: I can picture the you, wheels you hate, on my Walkman you, spinning around hate, as that song's playing. You hate it? Well, I, I would say I'm generally more of a slow jam person than a fast jam person, and that is a real fast jam. Yeah, I don't love it. What's, a, what's that one that, uh, yeah. And yet, it's the end of the world as we know it? Great song. This is like a list song. Here's a thing. There's a thing. Remember when this other thing, right? You can't touch
0: this. Was that 1990? You can't touch this. Yeah. Crazy. You can't touch this. Like it might again. We're getting some maybe some spillover. Like this was probably tracked in '89, maybe the you know. But uh, I think it was bang and right into '90. The story you know, of MC I mean. Hammer is a sad one, isn't it? Yeah. Like he was yeah, rolling with an entourage of 100
1: people, and they chewed through he his was, nut yeah. pretty
0: quick. Well, he, he was spending everything that he had. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess he felt like, well, this is it. I'm like, I'm the next Michael Jackson, and it's never going to stop. But right? wasn't he, yeah, he was spending it on people and stuff, wasn't he? A staff, and you know, he had the big, huge house with the big waterfall and all that stuff. Like back then, spending $30 million on a house. Yeah, that wasn't smart. That's that's worth probably 2 million, right? Like just way over the <laughs> over the budget. How, I don't think we talked about Eric Church. What about him?
1: Um, how a we've, couple we've weeks ago. We've talked about him before. We've talked about him before, but a couple of weeks ago, North Carolina, UNC was in the final 4. He had a concert in oh, Texas yeah, on Saturday night right. and he canceled it. And was like, uh, put out a uh, statement that was like, you guys understand, it's my team, they're in the Final Four, and people were like, screw you. We bought tickets, we made plans, we were flying in, we have hotel rooms, Yeah,
0: we took the time off work. So did he take a a hit from that, or what? Well, like, PR-wise, he sure did. Because a lot of people were like, yeah, man, you gotta go see the the game. Were they? (laughs) Like, well, I guess maybe more sports nuts, cause, that uh, didn't have tickets. I guess tickets. he's from North Carolina or whatever. That's, that's um, yeah, that's pretty whack.
1: Whack or pretty rock?
0: Whack. Like, oh not yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty like, whack. Yeah, when you're like ruining like a weekend for everybody. Pretty. I'm sure coming in from everywhere, definitely. But you know.
1: I guess it's the unawareness that you would think in the statement. People would be like, oh, yeah, that's cool.
0: I get it. Like, at least lie, Eric Church. Yeah, like, say you hurt yourself, but then you'd be like... At the game, courtside? In a cast, but, like, you're like, well, why couldn't you play your songs with the cast on? Plus, you play Monday night. You play another show down the road. (laughs) And then you don't don't have a cast all of a sudden. (laughs)
1: Suddenly, you have a neck brace, and you have to (laughs) commit to it for six weeks.
0: That's the worst.
1: Eric, The Church. fake injury. What's the longest <laughs> string of shows you ever missed?
0: Uh, well, the Creed guy was all banged up in Vegas, and he kept canceling shows left and right. So we spent like a week in Vegas once, and then a couple days off in San Diego.
1: But what about for well, you he's...
0: personally? What, like sidelined? Yeah. Lots of times, like. Something happens and we gotta cancel a week of shows. Really? Yeah, for sure. Two weeks. Like for injuries. For you? Like, well, not me, but I'm, I'm, uh, you know, other guys in the band getting injured. But that's what I mean, like like, for you. Rain put his back out once in Alberta, and we had to like hang out in in uh, Calgary for like a, a week or two. Wow. Stuff like that.
1: But what, for, for you, have you ever had, like, oh, I have the flu, we have to cancel tonight, but I'll be good to go tomorrow? You must have.
0: Uh, Well, I remember one time, the only thing I can think of is I remember at, uh, in the late 90s, my girlfriend at the time was having, like, these panic attacks. So I was like, I'm going to take a week off and, you know make sure everything is cool here that I saw my buddy Jason Sutter filled in shows so yeah that that's one time I can think of that
1: wow that's hard
0: yeah hard for him to jump in yeah he had to chart everything he said it was a mother effort to get it but he did a great job he got it crazy but uh like this yeah, you, never like injured and can't do a show not to my recollection.
1: Just like you and Offspring oh. thing. If a band that size is looking for a new drummer, there aren't many people in the conversation, right? It's a pretty small drum community and you're as good or better than anybody. Like it's going to happen, isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely I'll find something for sure. Like I've uh um it's there you know it's a small world but it's also a big world and and there's there's a lot of there's there's a there's a, there's a whole couple generations of younger guys too now you're seeing that a lot where there's like a twi- like I think Sting like his new drummer is just a kid really yeah and then there's like Phil uh Phil
1: Collins son
0: Marshall kid who plays with Billie Eilish like there's there's younger drummers that are like wicked so um there's a different uh breed but yeah i think uh there's a place for me i just gotta you gotta keep looking and asking buds and t- talking to your friends and keep uh, your ear to the ground That's imagine all. and not you know people are just starting to kind of realize that they're gonna be on tour you know for, for, for a while now as opposed to just everything being canceled
1: imagine you were in the rolling stones
0: no, that would be insane. Any of those kind of gigs would be ridiculous. But uh, Steve Jordan is, is one of the best drummers of all time, so it makes sense that he's playing with them.
1: Just if you were in the Rolling Stones, would we still do the pod?
0: Yeah, it would be even better, because <laughs> then it could be like at the Ritz on my like... Mm-hmm. Because it's the Stones, right? They're not, like, going to be working 7, 24, No, they're 24, not pounding hard. No, there's, like, lots of time. And those dressing rooms, I could probably bag up my dressing room and have better production on, for the podcast just through the crew. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, can you set me up like a little studio? Can you imagine? Sure, no problem. No the problem, problem mate. <laughs> yeah, what you want Yeah, and all of a sudden, it sounds like a big crazy <laughs> studio.
1: And I still sound like I'm in the bottom of a Chef Boyardee can. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, I have some egg cotton foam in my suitcase. Oh no worries, we'll
0: send that off to Jono. Hey, they're sending you all this equipment.
1: Yeah, they build a room around you where you're sitting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, they're out there, those crazy gigs. They're out there. They're out
1: there. I can't think of a crazy gig from my side of the pond that I would be like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I have to do this. This would be well, great. It's,
0: it, I'm pretty It's content. also the, the, the other things where it's like a lot of the the older bands like the drummer can't play as much and like joey kramer from aerosmith right they keep trying to kick him to the curb do (laughs) they yeah yeah so there's bands like that that are still big but like maybe they just needed a a, an infusion of like a fresher drummer right (laughs) so there's that there's a lot of bands that are in that thing where it's like yeah my Mort's at 76. He can't really even get up anymore, <laughs> right? So they're looking for
1: a 22-year-old. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. Pretty classic.
1: Man, I don't know. I think, I think uh, success at this stage is um,
0: uh, creative control, doing stuff you want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. I think, like like I said, I mean, if uh, if you're an asset that can help propel the songs and you're a cool guy to be around, like, yeah, it's not very difficult to, to find a gig. You just, but you still have to kind of keep your ear to the ground and keep knocking on doors. Like, yeah. I remember if... You know, for people say like if you want to be a musician that makes it in LA or whatever, yeah, you have to socialize every night and be out there talking to people all the time. Like it's it's probably like acting, I guess, where you just have to keep finding out if there's an opportunity. I don't Audition I Central.
1: I can't think of any acting opportunity I'd be like, Oh man, I have to do that. But that's when things come along, I guess.
0: Well, yeah, say, what if, like, um, uh, a character like a, like the, the Vice Principal Styles that you did, right, on Mr. D, like, if that, if that character came out for some American show, like, and you were doing it, and all of a sudden you're making 10 million bucks, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that could happen. And then you'd be like, yeah, this is great, I just do what I like to do, and I'm surrounded by great people, like... That could easily happen. Not easily, but I mean uh in terms of skill and what you bring to people on set. Like that's a huge thing to have like every everybody's morale just kicks ass constantly, you know?
1: Nice, Bud. It yeah, is it's true. A, it's the 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 thing that is more important to me than anything the older I get. No jerks around, everyone having fun. Like um the temper tantrums or, uh, you know, oh, juvenile yeah, behavior sure. or people treating uh, crew members badly. Like, I was talking to a friend recently who's working on a movie and uh, it was a three-row van. And the guy yeah. in the middle turned to the person in the back and said, can you tell the guy driving this? Like, that stuff?
0: Oh, yeah. Ugh.
1: Yeah. Like, I just have no patience for that stuff. The uh, It's usually like the... He- The zero to 60 people, right? The people that had a meteoric rise who are buying their own hype. The people that have been around for a long time generally are pretty cool.
0: For sure. But I remember I told you like the the worst, some of the worst people are the people that just do publicity or the PR people. Like they have this celebrity complex themselves. So they just treat everybody like shit. Yeah. (laughs) You know those people. Like the I can't work like this comes out of their mouth every 20 minutes. Yeah. Like the wranglers can be sometimes way worse than the actors.
1: Um, yeah, Especially
0: if it's like they have that uh, I'm talking to the talent thing and you're not that. Yeah, brutal. The, Gross. Can
1: I steal him for a second? Those people.
0: Yeah. Um, yes. You must yeah. have seen
1: some like one. I I always know it like at the uh award shows and stuff it's the cast of a brand new high profile show those are the ones that are hardest to take is it the same in music like uh mr one hit wonder from this past year who's like strutting around like a peacock
0: totally yeah yeah the the ones that don't have in the bold uh i guess in the bigger picture they don't understand humility self-awareness all those things are not there
1: and how fleeting it
0: is Yeah, like, I'm sure if you go, if you were on Seinfeld, like, again, a a show like that, I'm sure they, they're, they weed out those types of personalities that kind of are cancerous. You know, I'm sure there was like major players that had ego trips, but like, uh, it's like the when you were at the... uh, the nascar like you can't fit in there if you're like have a negative vibe eventually it's just like no way
1: what's this bill murray
0: stuff i know right they just
1: stopped production on a bill murray movie with seth rogan and who else
0: yeah well i'm you kind of hear heard things here and there about bill murray being a weird or a creep or something like on set well, and, I definitely uh, heard that he, he and
1: Chevy butt- butted heads, but it seems like there were well, probably he, so many other things at play then, chemically. and.
0: Well, I remember it was his wife or something said the guy's drunk and stoned all the time. Like, she's she had wow. enough of his trip, right? Oh, wow. So, I don't know. Maybe it's like that, that happy-go-lucky normal guy that probably gets banged up and likes to be jovial probably has his dark moments, right? Right. Right. Because he's, at the end of the day, probably an addict that just uh, refuses to change.
1: See, I, do, I don't enjoy this narrative. I like the Bill Murray who kind of shows <laughs> up at college parties Push, and...
0: And pushes, uh, like, an old lady into the bunker at the Pebble Beach. Did right? he? <laughs> yeah. He's like, there's an old woman that... And he just shoves her from the head into the trap. Is that real? <laughs> yeah. But, like, not in a... It was like, hey, this is funny, and somehow he got away with it. You know what I mean? Well, the producer of, I think it
1: was Groundhog Day, he picked her up and threw her in a lake, and she was like, oh, but it was, you know, it was funny. Yeah, exactly. Is there ever a time it's funny to be thrown in a lake? Like, like, wait a second, Bill. You didn't, you know, throw yourself in there. This, um, I don't know if you've been following the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing, too, but it is
0: wild yeah i mean uh, uh, it's just just it's a classic example of uh toxic energy going back and forth yeah And, and i you know it seems to me that his career has kind of been crushed from this and now you're starting to see his side of the story but you know again even he says himself no matter how this thing the outcome of this thing it doesn't matter. I'm done. I'm my I've lost everything in terms of his credibility, uh acting roles. I'm sure he's not the a top 5 uh call anymore, and that's what he was. He's and, such you know, a good actor though. And and you know, yeah. A,
1: as someone who's been on the receiving end of like that uh I don't know if you're acting right now. Are you being funny like that thing uh on yeah. a much different scale obviously, but when you see him on the stand in a courtroom, and he's like, truth, all I have is the truth, with some sort of vague British accent. there. I can't help yeah. it. There's part of me that's like, is that a performance? But I, I don't know. I think she seems to have, uh, I don't know, given as much as she got. It just seems like they are bad news bears for each other. And I, I saw a thing yeah. this morning that said she's like
0: mirroring his courtroom outfits. Like, just Ish. weird, dark, sick yeah, I stuff. I haven't been paying too much attention to it for that same reason, just because it's like, man, toxicity level 10.
1: And you kind of get the sense that that's maybe what's going on with uh, Will Smith and Jada a little bit, too. She, she kind of humiliated him with that public entanglement interview, right?
0: Yeah. She was well, with one of their kids' so- friends? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then there was like, there's all these things coming out now where she was complaining about their wedding being, she hated, didn't want to get married and she was crying on the wedding night. Like, why do you have to tell people that? Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? It really doesn't need to be thrown out there. But I think they're at at that level now where, I don't know, man. Like, I think they're probably both so narcissistic that that they can't, turn that off i don't know like people think well i wear my heart on your on my sleeve and i have to tell everybody no you fucking don't man like shut up keep keep it to yourself like there i'm sure there are things that have happened you know between me and lisa that i'll be like why are we talking about this in front of people right now like this only looks us makes us look bad here right you know and we if we didn't say anything everything would be fine. We've already got gotten over it ourselves. That's all that matters. What's the point of bringing it out into to the open just because it's uh, I don't know, people think, well, this is spicy in, info, right? Exactly. I, I don't understand it and it, it you know, you bring it on by talking about that stuff and it, I think uh there's there's just the, the blurred lines between what's reality and what's showbiz and what you're you know is this are you just trying to propel your career like like the way a lot of uh, people celebrities act they just kind of ring the bell of like I- insanity to get attention well both
1: you and carol know my mood is affected circumstantially if i'm hot if i'm hungry or if i'm tired that's that's the uh that's the mystery to solve when it comes to me, if I'm cranky, it's one of those three things.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean, like uh, airing your dirty laundry just to get some clicks. Oh yeah, brutal. You know? Forget it. You're, you're no wonder your your marriage is on the rocks after talking publicly like that.
1: My friend um, Preston. Uh, just did a movie, and uh, uh, it's a Farrelly Brothers movie. It's been announced. Woody Harrelson was in it and a bunch of um, uh, folks with Down syndrome make up the cast. And he said, I have met my people. It's people with Down syndrome because you never wonder where you stand with them. There's no hidden agenda, or I'm going to say this, but I mean this, or I'm going to ask you this, yeah. but this is really what I'm after. They just say what's on their mind. And he said, mm-hmm. it is so refreshing and such a great way to communicate with people because there's no agenda whatsoever i never really thought about it like that before um
0: there's no posturing
1: yeah not no games just here's what i think about this in this moment oh okay yeah we should all
0: aim to be like that and then just like going up to someone's like i'm gonna Start the conversation with this so I can seem like I'm this.
1: Well, he was talking about this one guy whose name escapes me, but he's a movie buff. And when he met mm-hmm. Woody, he was like, uh, I've seen you in this, 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 and this. I didn't enjoy your performance in this. I'm really sorry that I'm saying it out loud to you, but I did. it's how I feel about that movie. I didn't enjoy it, but I did like these other movies that you did. And That's classic. He said, Woody couldn't help but just laugh. Like, got it. Okay. You, yeah. Yeah. let's aim to be congruent that's what my mother called it you you sound outside the way you feel inside there's no uh subtext
0: yeah well i mean that's that's kind of uh the easiest way to get through life is just kind of see things as they are instead of trying to create something does it or like you know building a mystery or trying to You know, there's one thing. I I think uh, you're better off by saying less, period, anyway, you know? I've been trying to do that.
1: I've been trying to talk less, especially when you realize people talk a lot.
0: Mm -hmm. There you go. That's all I have to say. Like if you're just out and about, you mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't have to interrupt people with my dumb story that's about the same thing
0: as the story they just told. I can just say, no way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See that, that I do that already because I feel like I got it's a lot of wind I got to burn up. Yeah. <laughs> so I, like I already got something similar. I'm gonna hold off. Um. <laughs> good chatting, <laughs> Stick bud. to the gold. Yeah. Good chatting, bud. Whistled through this one here. Sure did. This Week. Bye now. And we're we're getting close to the three hundred. We're gonna have to start talking about what we're gonna do for the three hundred. I don't know. I know the countdown's on. I don't know. It's coming up. Know. What what is? It? It's in eight weeks. I don't know. Or Whatever. Ten weeks. We have time, but it's time to start thinking about it. That's right, bots.
1: Gazebo, you need!